Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. We are recording this on Wednesday morning, which means we've gotten the ADP private sector jobs report, which is always weird anyway, but this one is specifically very strange. Economists were expecting that 8.7 million jobs would disappear, and the total was just 2.7. Don't ask me about how you misplaced 6 million jobs. So the news better than expected from ADP. That said, this report does not sync up very well with the information that we get from the Labor Department. So later this morning, when you kind of get your coffee and you understand that it is actually Thursday, you're going to hear about weekly claims for unemployment benefits. The economists that are polled by Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal and all these folks are expecting another 1.8 million Americans filed for unemployment claims. It's awful. And, and the numbers are really starting to get you know ridiculous and out of control. But then again, we'll have hopefully a better understanding of the components of what's going on in the labor market on Friday morning when we get the monthly jobs report. I did read a very crazy analysis. And Mark, I don't know if you saw this. This was in Bloomberg. Almost one third of unemployment benefits estimated to be owed to the millions of Americans who lost their jobs. Basically, that there's a whole bunch of people who have not yet received their weekly unemployment benefits, either from their states or from the federal government. And there's a gap of $67 billion that is owed to some people. No wonder people are freaking out about not being able to pay their bills. Anyway, for now, let's make sure that we answer your questions. And to do that, you need to send us an email. And our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Okay, Dawn writes, I'm currently maxing out my Roth IRA contribution, but started a side business this year. So I'm going to have more income and I will be over the income limit for tax year 2020. I notice you don't report Roth anymore on your tax return. How does the IRS know if you're making too much money to be contributing to a Roth? Are they hoping everyone self-reports and pays a fine? Also, could I use a SEP? to reduce my Schedule C income and maybe get my adjusted gross income down so I could contribute more to a Roth. Thoughts? I've been Googling this, but thought it may be better to ask a professional. Love the show. Thanks for you and Mark doing this daily. Really helpful. Keeps me focused. Helps me remember to take this one day at a time. We are all in this together, washing hands, wearing a mask, trying to be kinder. Dawn. Thank you, Dawn, for that note. Okay. I don't know what the IRS is thinking. I'm wondering if the IRS is basically thinking that not only is it self-reporting, but that there will be some, I guess, accounting from your brokerage firm. But I don't know. I'm surprised that they are not actually making sure or testing this in some way. So I don't know the answer to your first part of the question. What I do know is that you could reduce your Schedule C income by using either a SEP IRA. You could also, you know, alternatively use a uh, uni 401k, which is a 401k for yourself. If you were to be able to reduce that Schedule C income, maybe you could put more money into the Roth. I don't know how much money is the self-employment income. So that's what we need to find out. Uh, Everyone listening, in terms of Roth contributions, remember, for 2020, 
If you make more than $139,000 as an individual, you cannot make a Roth contribution. It is $206,000 if you are married filing jointly. Meanwhile, there's a lot of information out there about SEPs and SARSEPs and all these kinds of fun plans. And thank you very much for your note because I like that everyone's sort of digging the be kinder part of it. I definitely like that. Rebecca writes, this is the the message. A very exciting recent home purchase has left me with two questions. My partner and I have been saving money for a home down payment in a shared account without ever making a distinction between emergency reserve fund and house fund. I've always been conscientious of the buffer we need, but at the end of the whole moving process, the buffer is going to be about three months of living expenses for the two of us. And ultimately, it's less than you or I would like. Okay. Now, here's the question. Rather than hustling to rebuild the cash savings, I could just take 10 grand out of my Roth IRA, which I assume fits the exception for waiving the early penalty for first-time home purchase. And for extra background, the IRA, the Roth IRA is in addition to a Roth and traditional 401k accounts, which are healthy pinky promise. Should I withdraw? How long do I have to make this withdrawal to be able to make it legitimate for a home purchase? Thanks for being a referee in my own internal debate. Here's an easy one, Rebecca. Do not pull the money out of the Roth. Come on. I mean, you could if you had to, but don't do that now. Let's rebuild the emergency reserve fund, get that six months there, and just do it slowly but surely. It sounds like things are going just fine for you, but the debate is clear. You're the winner, you know, one side of you at least. Just rebuild it. Don't take money out of the Roth, okay? It's hard to get money back in. Tommy writes, Love your show. The best, excellent voice as well. Would like to know how to invest for retirement. I'm 52 years old, a UPS driver in Texas. I plan to retire when I'm 60 or maybe 62. I've got $35,000 in a 401k, 10 grand in UPS stock, $5,000 in a Robinhood account. Don't mind investing a bit heavy. I think he means um, aggressively if it helps my bottom line. I want to use any potential earnings to enjoy with my three adult children and lovely wife who is a busybody for us all and takes advantage so far of my good health. Okay. I, I mean, look, to invest for retirement, you're now 10 years out. The best thing you can do is save more. And I wouldn't put that money in a Robinhood account. I would make sure that you are trying to maximize your 401k at UPS. That's what I would do. I wouldn't worry about buying the stock, but I would put as much money as I possibly could into that retirement plan. Remember, you're over the age of 50. That means you can put in not just the $19,500 limit, but you can put in an extra $6,500 catch-up contribution, okay? So just keep putting more money into your 401k. Don't have to go crazy with the risk. Saving is really the salve to your retirement problems or even challenges. You don't have problems necessarily. Michael says, I enjoy your show. I've got a pension valued at about $700,000. I have a choice about whether to receive it as a stream of guaranteed payments or as a lump sum. My understanding that the present value calculations for the lump sum are based on interest rates dictated by the federal government. If that's correct, then is it correct to understand that my employer cannot manipulate the lump sum amount? Well, they can't manipulate the lump sum amount, not because there's a formula and every plan has a formula. So that formula is set in stone. 
it's not so much that the the interest rate is dictating it, but the plan document is dictating it, and the federal government through ERISA is overseeing that. Okay. In addition, I have a moderately high level of concern about the possibility of increasing levels of inflation in the future and that the purchasing power of the payments under the stream of payments option could be eroded by inflation. Given my concerns about inflation, would you agree that choosing the lump sum payout with a rollover into a 401k would make sense? My thought is that it would. It would give me control of the funds and I could have choose investments that will help shield me from the impact of inflation, maybe earn a higher return than the interest rate use. Okay, all of this is sensible, but let me be clear. It really depends, Michael. Is there an inflation choice on this pension? Because sometimes they'll have inflation riders on the pensions. So you may want to think about that. The other piece of this is, there's a lot of risk because now you're actually assuming the risk of having to produce returns in excess of the inflation rate. And if you feel comfortable doing that and you are really seasoned as an investor and you feel good, then maybe that will work for you. But I do want to warn you, of course, that this can be fraught as a game plan. So just be clear, this is risky to do it yourself, okay? All right. Aaron writes, I've invested $500 a month in my Roth this year, which currently, so that's $2,500. I have more than $3,500 sitting in a savings account and I could max out the Roth right now. What do you think? I understand dollar cost averaging, but I have the money. It's there now. Maybe I should just plop it in for the whole year. Downside, it changes my calculus for monthly budget. Um, would love to hear your opinion. Here's the deal. 33 years old, live with girlfriend, no kids. I've got a six-month emergency fund built up. I use Betterment. I'm getting the match on my employer 401k. Thanks in advance. Hope you and yours are doing well. Keep doing what you do. I love the podcast. And I tell folks about it from Aaron. Okay, Aaron. Um, Okay. If you have, if the $3,500 is surplus above and beyond the emergency reserve fund, sure, you can do that. It's fine. But if it is going to freak you out to burn up that cash right now, and maybe this is a time of our lives where you'd rather have a little more cash on hand, that's fine too. I mean, look, this is just a bet on, you know, our market's going straight up. Will there be a dip? It's fine to put the money in now as long as you don't think you're actually trying to time the market, which you're not. You're just saying, I've got the money. I want to put it to work. That seems fine to me. But again, it has to be that this is in addition to your emergency reserve fund, okay? So thank you so much for writing. Okay, so that's it. That's the program. Um, When we talk to you tomorrow and over the weekend, we'll have some more information about the labor market. If you've got a job-related question, I'm very interested in hearing from you uh, because it feels like we're getting a lot of different signals from data. So your stories are actually much more interesting to me. Send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. You can always hop onto the website, jillonmoney.com. You can listen to other shows and you can also read some some of the stuff that we write on an ongoing basis, watch some TV segments, etc., etc. And thank you. And thank you for taking the time to listen. Please do tell people about Jill on Money, the podcast, and subscribe to it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Remember to wash your hands, wear your mask, maintain your social distance, put your hands on someone's back, metaphorically, my friends, lift somebody up, do something nice. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.